You are now tuned in to the Decoding Success Podcast, where we reveal game-changing habits, formulas, and routines from the world's most successful individuals to help you think and live larger. Welcome to the Decoding Success Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Labrie, and today we are joined by a very powerful figure to help all of us tuned in right now on our quest to master ourselves. Today, we are joined by none other than Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. When he was only 14 years old, Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. apprenticed to his father, Don Miguel Sr., which you may know as the author of The Four Agreements, and his grandmother, Madre Sarita, to learn how they manifested their intent to heal people, both physically and spiritually. When he reached his mid-twenties, after 10 years of apprenticeship, his father intensified his training. This training culminated one day when Don Miguel Ruiz Sr. sent his eldest son out in the world saying, find your way out, go home and master death by becoming alive. For the past few years, Don Miguel Jr. has applied the lessons learned from his father and grandmother to define and enjoy his own personal freedom while achieving peace with all of creation. I am so blessed to bring you Miguel Jr. today as he is finally ready to pass along the wisdom and the tools of his family. Family's traditions. Along with his father, Don Miguel Ruiz Sr., and brother Don Jose Ruiz, Don Miguel Jr. leads workshops, retreats, and power journeys to help others to achieve their own personal freedom and optimum physical and spiritual health. And before hopping into today's episode, I want to share with everyone that is a part of the Decoding Success Faithful community an amazing offer from our partner Audible. Our show and Audible have teamed up to deliver all of those tuned in right now a free audiobook of their choice. There are no strings attached and the book is completely free. All you have to do is head over to audibletrial.com forward slash decoding success to claim your copy. Without further ado, Let's hop into today's episode with Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. Today I am here with the Honorable Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. How are you doing today? Doing good, Matt. Thank you so much for having me in your program. How are you? I am terrific, and I very much so appreciate you taking the time out of your day to add value to everyone that's listening. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, I was I was currently working on a new book, so I I, I, I hit the save button about half an hour ago just to reset my mind. Grinding. I love it. I love it. So you ready to jump in? Yeah. Let's, Let's do, do it. So the way I kick this show off is to start every interview with this one question. And the question is, how do you define success? So I'm curious, how are you defining it? Oh, wow. That's, uh, it's, it never really looks the way we think it's going to look like. But to, to me, success is getting to this point where not only am I enjoying what I'm doing, it's, 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 uh, I'm enjoying the whole journey for it. It's like, it's not even the goal. The goal is just the excuse to do something. And that's how a success is for me. It's like, I, for example, I like to write books. I like to write uh, and run marathons and half marathons. I like being with my kids uh, and my wife. So for me, success in in those departments is uh, when I run a half marathon, my success is actually being able to train the the 18 weeks prior. When I'm writing the book, it's a whole journey. Like when I finish, when I hit save on the book, you know, the last, the last manuscript, that was the end of that journey. Uh, with my kids and with my wife, it's basically this process, the ebbs and flows, the, the, the peaks and the, and the valleys that comes with parenting. It's the journey. 
So yeah. when I was younger, it used to be an end result, a goal. Now I define it as the excuse to go on a journey or to do the work I'm doing. So for me, success right now is simply doing what I like to do. I really love that. And I could resonate with that on so many levels because, you know, you just talked about falling in love with the journey. Now, on that journey, whether you're running that marathon or writing that book, you know, you're, you're going to hit bumps in the road, right? We're just human beings. You know, you could yep. be training for that marathon. You could tweak a hamstring. You know, your ankle could be sprained. God forbid, you know, knock on wood. But, you know, these things happen in life. Now, how do you find yourself staying on track to achieve that, you know, fulfillment and that, I guess just falling in love with the journey. Like how, how do you develop that mindset and how do you find yourself doing that? You, you look at how I used to and, you know, I would always create this, uh, this goal that is supposed to look like that. And when I would achieve it, I would only enjoy it for a few minutes, you know, because then like, what else can I do? And then that question, exactly, what else can I do? It's like there's, when you're actually training, when you're working for something, you get through a moment where you cross a threshold, your mind says, I couldn't cross. And it's really impressive when that happens because you've proven your own self-doubt wrong. And that natural question, what else can I do, pops up and you get to answer it in a totally different way. I know I can do it. What else can I do? And like, it's almost like I get a new toy and I got a new, new power and I got a new piece of awareness or knowledge. How can I apply it? How can I use it? And it's really about exploring, about being in awe of yourself. So all of a sudden, yes, there are valleys that we know we fall in. And what makes you be in awe of yourself is getting out of those valleys, get standing back up. I, I know I can stand up. That's the nice thing. That's the wonderful present that a valley or falling down gives you. It's like if you stay down, you'll never learn what, what the lesson was. But in actually learning to stand up or moving forward, that's actually where you get to know what you're, not only what you're made of, but how strong your desire is to see what else unfolds. Because the peaks, they're fun. You know, when you hit a peak, yeah, it's awesome. You know, it's, it, you, 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 you tend to be happy about it. But it's in those valleys where you really get to know really where you're at. You know, you can call it grit, you can call it passion, you can call it desire or motivation. But it really is the moment where you face adversity and you don't let it stop you. You move on. And there's a certain level of enthusiasm that comes with that. In running a marathon, you're right. Like There are moments where my uh, IT band gets a little too tight and it, it's about to injure myself. And I'm like, all right, well, at those moments, if I persist with my scheduled training, I'm going to hurt myself. Okay, what do I want? Well, I want to run that distance. Okay, how can I shift? What else can I do in order to heal but maintain? Well, in training, you know, you can do yoga or I can do boxing because when I do boxing, you know, we just uh, get a, a, heavy, a heavy bag and continue my cardiovascular training. You know, at 5,000 feet, cardiovascular basically is it. You know, you, you get your muscle base but you're, you, you achieve a good way of cardio and lung capacity by staying active, as, as being flexible, finding the way that allows you to still create the dream you want or the goal you want and adapting to it. And all of a sudden, you learn something new about yourself. And that's now, what the Valleys teach me. For sure. You know, and this is exactly why I love this podcast because I'm able to learn from amazing individuals like you. Everything you're saying right now is just so spot on and it's resonating with me on such a high level because, you know, 
you, you talk about success once meant to you achieving goals, right? And now it's more so the falling in love with that process. And that is the exact situation I'm currently in. So I just want to say thank you for that. Like, that is so amazing that you're saying this. I feel like, I feel like I'm really in the right place right now being nice. here with you and talking about this. So it's absolutely amazing that you're sharing that. Yeah, now, I, I, see, I see it as the excuse, you know, a race day, you know, I sign up for a half marathon, for example, and it's just the excuse. It's just the excuse that one day to let it all go. Because when you're training you know you you, de you develop your skill you're harnessing or you're developing your your craft but on that sunday is the day you let it all out you know is the day all right let's see what i can do and if i succeed great if i don't succeed great i'm here out there you know like i remember the I, I ran my my first marathon and my my hip flexor gave out i felt this huge pain that went up and down my leg uh, at, the, at, the, at, the, at the moment of my hip. At that moment, I still had about four or five miles left on the race. At that moment, I lost my running stride. I couldn't run. The bus was there to pick me up and to finish, the, you know, take me to the end. But I said, no, I want to finish this. It hurt, but I decided not to hurt myself anymore. And I just simply walked. I let my other muscles take over. I took my time, I took my breath, I stopped when I stopped, I stretched when I stretched, and I achieved it. You know, I was in pain. I, it, it, the, the, it took me six hours and 20 minutes to cross the California International Marathon's finish line, but I had a huge smile because I did it. it and I just adapted. I had to let go of the time, I had to let go of the PR, I had to let go of all these things, and I realized, what is what I really want? I want to cross that threshold. I want to cross that finish line. Okay, what do I need to do? Simply take a breath and walk and listen to my body and don't push it because I want to run another race in the future. So my healing starts now. So how can I heal and finish this at the same time? Well, listen to your body and walk. And little by little, that's how I learned that, you know, my goals will always shift because by the time I get there, it'll look different, but I'm going to get there. Yeah. Now, you know, just from you, you sharing this with me right off the bat, I could tell you're very self-aware and, you know, you, you maintain a, a level of physical fitness. Now I would consider those two very important attributes in regards to achieving success in anyone's definition of success. Now, what else do you feel has attributed to you achieving your definition of success? You know, the hardest part about training is resting. Because it basically, you're, 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 the mind's saying, no, but I, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to. But in that supposed to, you're actually, that's when you're not giving your body time to recover. It's actually the most important part to rest. So part of the success is knowing when my effort is the most, well, impactful. You know, if I'm tired, you know, for example, I, I just covered 23 miles in the last uh, five days. If I go for a run today because the weather is good, then I might have a good run, but at the same time, the possibility of it hurting me is definitely there because I can feel a couple of tightness here and there. But I know that if I give my body the rest right now and tomorrow, give myself two days to rest, when I go back on the road, I'm going to feel much better. I'm going to be rejuvenated and I'm going to be ready. Translate this to other things in my life. You know, in writing a book, when I, when you write, when I write a book, inspiration comes in waves. And when I used to surf back in the day, first you accept that you don't create the wave. 
you you the, you prepare yourself you do everything in your power to be ready for when that wave comes to take it and enjoy it and if that's if you capture the wave and if you do it enjoy the ride man and if you don't capture it don't beat yourself up learn from it experience it and wait for it you can almost say that resting is a beautiful thing to put in there to in your production is it allows you to rest and prepare yourself so in achieving my goal in my life it's not about go 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 all the time if you do that you're going to run yourself ragged you're going to be tired you cannot not be prepared so something in 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 running and writing books is something called tapering you know when you know when you finish a certain path and you've reached a certain maximum effort or strenuous thing in your body those 14 days or 20 days taper for a marathon or five days for a half marathon or you're simply that hit save button walk away drink a cup of coffee or a cup of tea and then come back when you're mentally ready is something that really will give your production a certain umph, you know, a certain a certain quality that if you didn't give yourself that break, it would fall apart. It would break down and you'd be there for two hours trying to write one paragraph. But if you give yourself a rest and come back, you write one paragraph in a few minutes because all of a sudden inspiration is coming back. So effort is very important. Patience is the, the, the missing ingredient for success in that regards. And patience yeah. can be expressed through rest. And in a mind that says, go, 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 it, it sometimes feels like you're wasting time, but it really isn't. You're actually doing the most productive, the best thing you can ever do for your body and your mind. Give it back the edge that it loses as we put all our effort to something to the point where we've given our max. Yeah, that that's and, literally amazing advice. And yeah, I, I feel like I can relate to that so much because last week I actually put out a video on social media about me needing to step away from my work because I felt like I was forcing myself to keep my head buried in my laptop. So it, it, everything you're saying is literally so spot on. And I feel like so many people can learn from that because we're such go-getters. And I feel like eat even in today's day and age, right? You know, we're about to hit year 2020 next year. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I feel like we're all just continuously striving for more, striving for greatness, striving to leave our legacy, striving to be able to afford certain living conditions and live a, a certain lifestyle. And we're continuously going, 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 going. But exactly mm -hmm. what you're saying right now is so spot on. It's like, we as humans are not built to continuously do that. Although we are evolving as humans, you know, like what you're saying with the patience and, you know, being able to hit the save button and take a break, right? Take that meaningful pause. That is so important. And I love that you shared that. Yeah. It, it reminds me of my grandparents. My grandfather used to say that to me. And, I, and as, as I just heard you uh, share what you just said, it reminds me of when I was young, I was impatient. I want to go, 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 go. But it really is that as time progresses, you know, you realize effort is the thing that creates dreams and manifests them. And then you realize that a lot of things that require effort are a waste of your effort. You know, it is, you realize that you don't have to cover the whole spread. You have you just got to know in which path, which direction, which action is worth the effort. And that requires patience. That requires paying attention. And getting to know yourself and it's a kind of tension that you 
with practice and experience, you start being able to distinguish. So it, it kind of leads me to this next one. One of the key things about finding success is learning and accepting failure. Failure is actually one of the biggest teachers we have because if we use failure as you know, like that driving force that you know we just described now, then we're always going to try to avoid it. Try to avoid it because well, I'm not winning. I'm not success. I'm not going to have my success if I have failure. And what what kind of person am I? I'm a loser. And we start judging ourselves, berating ourselves, and there goes the downward spiral. But we learn to accept failure as something that is not just beneficial for our education, but for experience. Then as we mature, we will recognize what leads us to failure, but also leads us like, well, success is going to look different. It makes you appreciate what we have. And that's actually key, not taking things for granted. You know, it, it's, it's, it's a very important thing because when we take something for granted, well, that's when we stop giving our attention, stop giving the best of what we've got. It's because we think it's automatic and I'm entitled to it. And when that happens, well, I don't appreciate it. But having that appreciation for things keeps us from taking something for granted. Failure keeps us from taking success for granted. That is, it's so true, you know, and you, you have me over here thinking about all of my failures and all of my challenges and road bumps and roadblocks and things of that nature and, you know, how they've actually shaped um, my success, you know, so you're, you're spot on and I love it. Now, you know, one, one thing you've talked about quite a few times is, you know, you're writing another book and I have to say the mastery of self is one of my favorite books and that's a book. It's a Toltec guide mm-hmm. to personal freedom. Now, I, right away, I have a question for you. And that question is, is it possible to totally master yourself? Oh yeah. 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 And it's not, it's not what you think it is or what I think it was. I, it's, when I, when I used, when I was young, I used to think about control, control, control my emotions Actually, the, the best way to control something is to let go of control and you get to know yourself. It's, it's about honoring my emotions, honoring my body, honoring my present moment. This is who I am. The sum of every decision I've ever made and the youngest I will ever be at this very moment. This is me. To master myself is to be present with myself, to get to know myself, to stop pretending to be something I am not and accept myself for who I am at this very moment. And at that moment, mastering myself was simply being in present communion with me. And I'm using those words just to give it that little spin, but it's really just getting to know me and accepting me. And this is me. Today, I'm able to run 12 miles. Two months ago, I was able to run 26 miles. What's the difference? I gave myself rest and I'm restarting all over. My best will always change with whatever stage in life I'm in. And the awareness of who I am is exactly what allows me to be a master of me, master of being alive. To honor, to control my emotions is to honor my emotions. And when I honor it and accept that this is how I feel, it gives me the opportunity to choose in which direction I want to express those emotions. Before I used to react and I used to think to control my emotions is to keep my emotions at bay. And one of the things that one we used to do, or I used to do, was to never admit it, don't give it attention, or pretend to be something I'm not. Now, I've discovered that it's really, really just, no, this is how I feel. 
Yes, I feel anger. Yes, I feel jealousy. Yes, I feel insecure. Okay, how do I want to express those emotions? Now that's a choice as opposed to a, re a reaction. I get to choose it. Well, I, I can write something about it. I can play a song. I can go for a run. I can do this. I can do that. How do I want to redirect the direction I'm going in my life? And that to me is what the, is the mastery of self. I no longer compare myself to someone else. I can be inspired from someone else. Someone is finding success in their life and can find that inspiration. You know, in the world of autism, my son has autism, and I hear the, all the ups and downs of other families, and I see them, and it gives me gratitude for where my son is at because all those stories inspire me to how to engage my son. But the only person who can really teach me how to engage my son is my son because he keeps changing. And the same way my daughter keeps changing, the same way my wife gets changing, which means to accept them for who they are. This is how they feel. This is how they engage. This is their perception of life. I don't control them. They do. I only control to the tips of my fingers. I only can, I'm only able to perceive to the edges of my ner nervous system, of my sense of perception. How do I want to live? How do I want to engage? It's all me in, in that regard. So the mastery of self at that very moment is really getting to know and be a master of my awareness of my own self and saying, what else can I do? What else do I want to do? You know, I'm over here. I'm thinking now, like you just talked about accepting yourself, right? Accepting yourself for who you are, who you're becoming. And another thing that stood out to me was the fact that you said to drop any comparisons. Now, that's a lot easier said than done, both of them. So what do you feel like are the steps to actually accepting yourself for, you know, the person that the individual you are and to not compare yourself? And the reason why I say that is because comparisons are very, very hard to, you know, get rid of. And we're living in a digital world where we're all on social media. You know, we're looking at everyone's highlights on social media all the time. Everyone's posting everything good that happens to them. Mm -hmm. And it's hard. It's almost hard not to compare. So what do you feel like are the steps to uh, accomplishing the acceptance and the dropping of the comparisons? Sure. Well, for me, I stopped doing it when it cost me a relationship and in the form of jealousy. Jealousy took over my sense of self. You know, the, the next guy was better than me and all that kind of thing that goes in the head, you know. No one's kissing her better than that. And, and all that, that whole self-doubt, you know. I'm thinking of the movie High Fidelity and like no one's having better uh, lovemaking than she's having right now with that guy. And that self-judgment that comes with it. The thing that helped me stop that, for one, is realizing that I was doing it. First step, always, always the important one. I am actually using that to make me feel inferior. I'm using that to doubt myself. I'm using that against me. That's what I'm doing. Then I realized what jealousy really is. I'm comparing myself to someone else, and I'm going to reinforce my self-doubt in that comparison. That person is better than me. You can say from that point of view, the, the nature of com, com, to be competitive, to be better is there, but it's just an obsession. The obsession to not be outdone by anyone, which is nothing to do with passion. Obsession is trying to always live up to an image that doesn't exist. So there it is. I, I first started with the acceptance of my truth. I am a jealous guy. Or I'm using someone else's life to say I'm inferior. But then lies the truth. 
I don't know. I don't know what it feels like to kiss from someone else's point of view. I don't know what it feels like to love from someone else's point of view, to hug from someone else's point of view, to run the way someone else does, or to have that. I only experience my own sense. I only know what it feels like to hug from my point of view, to kiss from my point of view. I know what it feels like to be me. And also I'm realizing that any other thing is just in my imagination. I am not them. They are the result of their own journey in life, of their own discipline, of their own experience. Even to feel someone's rejection, well, that girl is saying her truth. She's not attracted to me. And that guy did me a favor. I'm no longer using that as an illusion. The illusion is over. I stop pretending to be something I'm not. Why waste my time with someone who doesn't want to be with me? And all of a sudden, I remember giving lectures. And when I used to give lectures, when I still give lectures, but back in the day when I first started, you know, people would sit there and sometimes people would stand up and walk away. And, you know, in the middle of a lecture, they would just stand up and leave. And I try my best to do such a great presentation that it will keep everyone in their seats, but people still kept leaving sometimes then there. Then I realized if I pay attention to and give my all to those people who are going to walk away, and I don't know why they're walking away, then I'm wasting my time because I'm not giving attention to the people who want to give me attention, the people who are sitting there in their seats listening. And all of a sudden, everything changed. I give my attention and I give the presentation to the people who are giving me permission to talk to them. And I realized that people give me permission to engage them. They don't have to, they want to. And all of a sudden, the pressure was off. I'm, why waste my time with someone who doesn't want to be with me? In relationships and in my professional life, the people who give me attention are the people who are interested in what I have to say. The people who are not interested they're not interested and that's okay. It's their truth. What I'm saying doesn't resonate with them. Just like the girl wasn't attracted to me, she said her truth. And it's up to me whether to use her truth against me or not. But it's still up to me. And that's when I realized if I compare myself to someone else, I'm comparing myself to an image that only exists in my mind. Their success is their success. They're, they're, they've learned from their success and they've learned from their failure and they've achieved that. In social media, we live in a day where someone only has attention for a few seconds and you're going to lose it immediately. Some of my posts reach a thousand, some posts only get a hundred, some even 35. And that's okay because they're going to hit like on what resonates to them. I don't control their perception, they do. And also you realize what you really have control over, which is myself, my own perception, my own sense of being. I don't control anyone else's perception. For example, I'm in your show today because you invited me. And I said, yes. You were interested in something I had to say. Had you not been interested, you wouldn't have invited me. And that's fine too. That's your truth. And I accept it and I'm grateful. And all of a sudden, there's the gratitude. I am grateful for the attention I get. I am grateful for the permission 
I receive to share my tradition with the people and who are interested in learning from that tradition. Just as I'm grateful to my wife because she wants to be because she wants to be with me, not because she has to, because she wants to. And the same way I am with her because I want to be with her. Relationships only exist for as long as we both say yes. And when I learned that lesson, that's when I stopped being jealous. That's when I stopped comparing myself to someone else. They're doing it in their own unique voice, in their own unique way. And I don't pretend to be something I am not. This is who I am. It's about accepting myself. This is what I have to give. And it's going to be in this format. I remember when I first started, even before I wrote a book, you know, there'd be people who are in the publishing world or a PR and they tell me I have to write this, I have to do that, I have to do this. But all of those things wasn't me. And whenever I tried them, you can, you can hear and see the inauthenticity of it. My authenticity comes from being honest with myself, only talking about what I know and not touching what I don't know. If I don't know it, don't touch it. Don't talk about it. Don't even suggest it. Only share what I know. And when I do that, well, that's where my authenticity comes in. I'm not competing against anyone. Everyone is doing their best with what they've got. When I go on, on races, there are people who are 80 years old or 70 years old that are faster than me. And I'm faster than some 20-year-olds that I pass on, 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 the, on the race. Everyone's in a different stage in their own life. If I compare myself to the stage they're in at, well, what happens there is that I'm not paying attention to where I'm at right now. And that, at that point, I can use someone else's success and failure as inspiration and teach me something. But if I try to live vicariously through them, then I'm, of course I'm going to be jealous and compare myself. I'm not worthy of my own acceptance. And that's really where suffering comes in. We don't accept who we are. We pretend to be something we're not for the sake of someone else's point of view or prejudice or judgment. But if I realize that the only judgment that matters is my own, then every stage I'm at, that's where I'm good. Right now, the last marathon I race, I ran it in five hours and 15 minutes. And that was a personal best, much an hour off the, the, the one I just described. I, I do have a best-selling books. They're not New York Times best-selling books. My dad and my brother have that. But if I compare myself to them, then I'm always going to push myself and not accept what I have. And to be honest with you, what I've reached and I've accomplished, it's, it's really good. I'm really proud of what I've done. And it's going to get more and more and more. And we'll see what happens in life. But I know that the book will resonate with the people who resonate with it. And that's, that's it. I'm doing the best with what I've got. And I'm enjoying expressing it, experiencing it, sharing it. So for me, that's how I, that's, you can say that was the domino effect. But it all started by accepting the fact and the truth. I was jealous. I did compare myself. And I chose not to continue to believe it. And for that, I had to find out what triggered me to take that jealousy, to make me compare myself. And I was honest with myself. And when I spotted those triggers coming on, I honored them, I accepted them, and I went in a different direction. And little by little, they weren't triggers anymore because I no longer believed them. So is it safe to say that the only thing that really holds ourselves back from our truest potential is our own imagination then? 
I wouldn't say my, our own imagination is our own self-doubt. Right. Our imagination can take us so many directions, incredibly powerful. Our imagination can think of all the what ifs and fill the blank. It's very powerful. Our self-doubt cuts it. It's like when you, you, you say a what if and you immediately say no, you stop thinking of possibilities. But if you say a what if and you start thinking of, well, I can do this, I can do that, I can do this, you came up with three or four different possibilities. The imagination is an incredible instrument that can go in every direction. The only whole thing holding, you, holding it back is self-doubt. No, it, it makes sense, you know, and you have me in awe here. Like I, everything you're saying, I, I could definitely resonate with because I, I do sense jealousy in ways. And, you know, I actually did a self-development workshop over the course of four days in September of 2018. Mm-hmm. And I, re- I was really able to dig deep inside of myself and really just ask myself questions. And I found out that it stems going all the way back to when I was six years old. Now that was 20 years ago. I'm 26 now. And how it came about was when my sister was born, you know, and I'm not jealous of my little sister, but the fact that I went from an only child who was spoiled, right? I was the one getting all the presents at Toys R Us and all of these places. And then all of a sudden she came in and I'm splitting everything 50, 50. So, you know, what what you're saying is so spot on and it resonates. Uh, I'm very, very grateful for everything that you're sharing right now. And I want to keep the ball moving. So one thing that I heard you say on my buddy Lewis Howe's show is that you weren't necessarily always in agreement. Maybe agreement's not the best word, but you didn't always follow your, your father's teachings. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Now, what, what shifted that mindset? I was able to put it in my own words. I had my own experiences. It, I stopped being something theoretical and it started being something practical. I was able to see it in my life and all of a sudden there it was, you know, like, oh, I get it. You know, when you, when you grow up in a family that does this, you start thinking, well, what does that have to do with my life? What is this? What is that? What, what, it, belongs, it belongs in a museum. But little by little, you know, you, you graduate from college, the bubble bursts, and you're, now, you're no longer working for grades. You're working for results. And there's no such thing as faking until you make it. You, you're, you're, it's where you're at. This is your truth. That's the, the one thing I love about running races and going for a runs. There is no such thing as faking until you make it. You, this is your truth. What are you going to do with it? And that's when my father's teachings resonated with me. It's, it's, it, it wasn't something that was theoretical or even woo-woo. It's, it was something that was, I can see it reflected in my life. I can see it as a choice in my life. How am I going to apply it? And in applying it, I saw it in, as a father, you know, as a, being a father really gets you to, gets you to see your parents as, as peers, you know, as, as, as someone who's doing their best with what they've got. You start seeing the lessons in a way that I can relate with. Then I start my relationships and, and, and my work and my own. And little by little, you de- I developed this language that made sense to me and that's where I'm coming from. Like I was saying before, I talk about what I know. If I don't know it, I don't touch it. And having the confidence to accept this is what I know. It could change at any given moment, but this is what I know. And that's when my father's teachings, I accepted it. Not, you know, not as a as is thing, but I accepted him as, all right, there's an instrument that I can use in life but life is my teacher. 
I'm curious, how did you find yourself putting, for instance, another one of my favorite books, uh, The Four Agreements, into your own words and living in accordance with them? Well, knowing the difference between the four conditions and the four agreements, um, I became aware that I can corrupt the four agreements and turn them into the four conditions by pretending to be something I'm not, which is uh, a man who doesn't take things personal, a man who is impeccable with his word, a man who doesn't make assumptions, and a man who always does his best. I, I accept the truth. I do take things personal. I do make assumptions. Sometimes I'm not impeccable with my word. Sometimes I'm not skeptical at all. I buy a hook, line, and sinker, and sometimes I don't do my best. Just ask my wife. She's my witness. <laughs> again, it's the moment where I stop pretending to be something I am not. So to love myself unconditionally is to see the whole of me of who I am. And I am a man who takes things personal. I accept that. But I read the book, I understand the concept of what not taking things personal is, which to me, not taking things personal simply means not assuming responsibility for someone else's will, assuming only responsibility for my own. And that's what not taking things personally is. So I'm free to say yes to either one. Then I begin to look what triggers me to take things personal. What are my triggers? And once I get to know myself and be honest with myself, not only do I accept the fact that I take things personal and I understand what not taking things personal is, but I know what triggers me to take things personal. So in that moment of truth where I have a choice, I'm free to say yes to taking it personal and yes to not taking it personal. I'm free to say yes to either one. That's when the agreement becomes alive because the word agreement simply is a word that reflects the action of saying yes. And that's what an agreement is. So I'm free to say yes to either one. And with that awareness, I choose not to take it personal. And I choose it because, one, I know that there's a hangover if I do take it personal, and I don't want to experience that hangover. And without awareness, I choose not to take it personal, and I have the instruments to do it. It's the same concept with being impeccable with my word. To me, being impeccable with the word, the word is an empty symbol whose definition is subject to agreement. Every word we use is an empty symbol. There are words that have an emotional charge they have definitions by agreement, which means to be impeccable with the word is to be impeccable with your intent, which is to be impeccable with yourself. I'm the one who gives power to my words. The same energy I use to move my arms, to move my legs, is the same energy I use to create a thought. And similar to not taking things personal, I'm, if I take things, if I'm not impeccable with my word, it's because I'm using my word to go against me, which is to domesticate myself and love myself conditionally. To not to be impeccable with the word, to use it in that way, is to use my word to liberate me, to heal, and to not go against me, to not domesticate myself with my own words. I am the one who gives power to my words, and no one can make me feel inferior without my consent. That's what Eleanor Roosevelt said, and I love that phrase. Don't make assumptions is knowing that life will always show me the truth if I'm patient for it. You know, it's like the Gestalt principle of closure says, if you draw two sides of a triangle, but you don't draw that third line, the mind has the capacity to project that third line because it has the need to know. And one of the things it needs to know is the full information. So it projects information that makes us think we have closure. So an assumption is just a projected 
story or missing part of that information that I create that makes me think that I know the whole. So to don't make assumptions can be changed slightly to don't believe your assumptions because they're your own projections of what you think life should be, but it's not necessarily the truth. To be patient is to be willing also to ask the question, is it truth? To give it the benefit of the doubt. And that allows you to find out if it's the truth or not. And to always do your best, to me, that's the expression of unconditional love. It's the willingness to see myself for who I am at this very moment. Like I said before, on, on December 2nd, 2018, I was able to run 26.2 miles. And I did it in five hours and 15 minutes. The next day, December 3rd, my birthday, I, was, I, was not very, even, I wasn't even able to run a mile. And why? Because I ran 26 miles a day before. I'm sore, I'm in pain, and I'm recovering. My truth changed. But yet I still found a way to move. And there it is. You practice the agreements by choice to know the difference between the four conditions and the four agreements. Four conditions are the corruption of the four agreements, using it to love myself conditionally. Unconditional love is the willingness to see myself as I am. And it's a choice. It's a choice to use the agreements as an instrument that allows me to heal the relationship within me. If I look at it from up, this point of view, the four agreements, what they really do is that they clean up the channels of communication with me and myself and me with other people in my life. It's an instrument that allows me to actually listen as well as know to speak with integrity and clarity and know that words sometimes have two totally different meanings, sometimes more than that. So I'm responsible for what I say. I'm not responsible for what you hear. Totally. I, I, I am in such awe and I want to respect your time. I know we only got a couple more minutes, but I really just want to say thank you for adding so much value to not only the people that are listening, but to my life as well. And you know, that's one of my favorite parts about having a podcast is to be able to uh, be in receivership of knowledge and insights, just like you've shared today. So I really just want to say thank you for everything you've shared. Oh, you're welcome, Matt. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be on your program and your show. It was an absolute pleasure. Again, I just want to say thank you. Wishing you all the best. If you ever need anything, feel free to reach out. Thank you, Matt. And have thank a fun you. time and enjoy everything in life. I appreciate that. And I'm wishing you the same. Thank you. And there you have it. What an incredible honor and privilege it was to have Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. share his insights, his wisdom, his teachings, and all of that good stuff to add value to all of us tuned into the show today. You can keep up with Don Miguel Jr. all across social media. He's on all of the platforms at Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. Or you can check him out on his website, which is MiguelRuizJr.com. If you want to pick up one of his wildly insightful books, you can head over to his site or or Amazon, or you could find them at Barnes & Noble, wherever you pick up your books, I highly suggest getting one of his. As you've heard me say throughout the show, multiple times in fact, two or three times to be exact, I was totally left in awe. Everything from talking about jealousy, to self-awareness, to failures, to understanding the difference between the four agreements and the four conditions, it all hit 
home for me. And I am beyond confident it has done the same for you. So with that said, let's not be selfish with this amazing message Don Miguel Jr. shared with us today. Let's amplify it to our circles. If there was ever a fee to listen to this podcast, it would be to share it with an individual you know that can find value within this episode. Do that for yourself. Be of service because remember, helping someone achieve their goals and dreams gets you closer to yours. While you're at it, if you can drop a rating and review, you know that will help bolster our street cred to get amazing individuals just like Don Miguel Jr. on our show. And until next time, everyone, be blessed. Peace.